0: So, remember how easy it was in your 20s? You had so much energy. You could get away with late night drive thrusts. You could pitch a trouser tent at a moment's notice. Yeah, well, you had plenty of testosterone, and it's time to get it back. You could get testosterone injections, but that involves awkward doctor visits, expensive medical bills, and the worst part? Once you opt for artificial testosterone, you will suppress your body's ability to naturally produce it even more. Wait, isn't that the problem in the first place? Before considering the pharmaceutical option, there are ways you can naturally raise your testosterone and one of the easiest ways is by using the Legacy Test Stack from Legacy Sports Nutrition. Test X9 has 9 key ingredients clinically proven to support natural testosterone production and T-Assist is designed to supercharge T-boosting effects with added anti-estrogen compounds. Nick Aldis, founder of Legacy Sports Nutrition, has been blown away by the feedback that customers have sent in after using the Ultimate Test Stack. Guys are feeling stronger in the gym, have more energy. Guys in their late 30s have reported getting morning wood for the first time in years, and one even reported becoming a father after four years of trying. No matter what you do, if you're a guy, having optimum testosterone levels is the key to looking, feeling, and performing better. Try the Ultimate Test Stack today. Go to LegacySupps.com. That is legacysupps.com com and use promo code THEPODCAST in all capitals D-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T for 10% off your entire
1: order. <laughs> and now, this. Is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for? Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice, it's time! Podcasting out of this corner! a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, winging at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstiles!
0: So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by First Row Collectibles, If you're into nerd culture, if you're into science sports memorabilia, if you're into wrestling memorabilia, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. They ship worldwide. They got everything from comic books to science sports memorabilia to signed wrestling memorabilia from old WWF magazines to wrestling figures, anything you need or want. They update daily, so please visit them at firstrow.ca. And if you're into video games and books, please visit bossfightbooks.com today for great books on classic video games. You'll find titles like Metal Gear Solid, Super Mario Brothers 3, World of Warcraft, and so many others. Everything you see on their websites is available in paperback and ebook format, so please check them out at bossfightbooks.com. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store, itpublic.com, or scroll down on today's device. It's embedded right there in the description. Click on that link, it takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything from hoodies to t shirts to onesies to COVID masks still, hopefully not for long. But like I said, anything you need or want, it is there. But the easiest thing, the freest thing, the most important thing you should be doing, please rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, most specifically Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week's guest is a professional wrestler who is a former GHC tag team champ, two-time TNA tag champ, TNA World Heavyweight champ, two-time nwa world's heavyweight champ which he held for 1043 days the dealer the national treasure nick aldis hey steve thanks for having me no thank you for doing this really appreciate it how are you today my friend
2: i'm doing good i'm very busy uh just uh, got back from poland a few days ago and uh got a lot to catch up on and and um <clears throat> including uh uh, getting 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 the footage from that show and cutting it together and um, getting it over to uh, to the brass at the NWA so they can use it in the show and just uh, just all, all systems go here at the moment with um, with my company Legacy Sports Nutrition kind of really really leveling up at the moment so if, uh, it's tough you know we have to, <laughs> it's tough to find enough hours in the day sometimes I um, sometimes sort of uh, one minute I feel like it's six a.m. and I'm just getting started with my day, and the next <laughs> thing I turn around and it's like three p.m. Like, what happened? You know, but uh, but it's all good. I, you know, it's uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun. So, uh, you know, I must be having fun doing what I'm doing.
0: Well, that's what they say when you do what you love, it doesn't feel like work, right?
2: Yeah, no, I mean it doesn't. It's uh, it's I do I do really love what I do, and and I, and I appreciate the fact that the, the business is is growing quite quickly, and right. Um, yeah it's just it's it's tough when you you know for me it's I, I'm, I'm just my own worst critic so i've always got i've, I've always got stuff i haven't done yet and then i go, come on you know like you sure. haven't done this you haven't done that yet you know come on it's like you know it's i'm pushing myself uh but also making sure that i'm being a good father and you know get take spending time with with my son and of making course. sure that you know he has everything he needs and you know he has my time and attention so and we've got horses and dogs and you know the a, <laughs> a full-time job just just maintaining this house, so
0: I could only imagine my friend I could only imagine so Poland first time wrestling there
2: yeah oh yeah okay. I, I believe it was the first uh the first independent wrestling show ever in Poland. what shut up, are you serious? I think, from what they were telling me, I guess WWE had been there a couple of times okay, on sure. the, you know on European stops and stuff, but I don't think they'd ever had there was net there had never been a, a pro wrestling show that was actually produced, uh, you know, by Polish and promoted by Polish people. So and it was uh, it was incredible uh, production value. The um, the guys behind it, you know, really spared no expense. They they were very very professional, and it aired live. Uh, on a national streaming service in Poland. So oh, uh, it was okay. you know, yeah yeah, so, so it's it was seen by, you know, a good chunk of people. It was and it was obviously uh to be on a show of that magnitude and to, to be trusted with the main event. You know, that's always a nice that's a, that's a very nice compliment and, and sure. you know a testament to my work and I appreciate that. And I had a great time, had a lot you know, that the uh the event organizers were very, very gracious and accommodating and got a nice trip to Krakow and some, you know do some sightseeing there and stuff like oh, that. Beautiful. So that's that's for me is the is the biggest thing when I get to go to some of these other places, getting to actually spend some time and actually go visit, and, right. you know, do some tourist stuff and you know experience the experience the different cultures and the food and everything like that. So I, I yeah I loved it. Well, hopefully, I'll come, hopefully
0: go back. I assume you've pretty much been everywhere too, because again of wrestling. Where's one place you haven't been that you're still chomping out a bit to get to?
2: Um, South America, really? Okay. Uh, haven't been haven't been to South America yet. We we, there was a TNA tour that was supposed to happen. Uh, probably, I think around, I don't know it was around like 2013 about like that, and there was supposed to be a, a South American tour, and it was. I mean, and like, the way it was laid out was. I mean, it was a dream, you know, because it was it was like. Uh, Santiago, Buenos Aires, mm. Rio de Janeiro. You know, Shit. and each, and I think, and there was a fourth stop, and I can't remember what the fourth date was supposed to be. Okay. And each day there was a day off in between. Nice. So it was like, oh my god, this is going to be so great. And 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 uh, the the promoters in South America like pulled out like at the very last minute, oh. and uh, we were we were all at the airport, like we were literally. All the all the TNA talent had. We were all going to be on the same flight from Atlanta to Santiago. Okay. And um, we'd all gone. We'd all taken our first leg flights from wherever we were, You know, we were coming from. Sure. So we were all in the Delta Lounge in Atlanta like, drinking and, like, looking forward to go oh, we're going to go to, oh, we're going to South America, this is so great, and then, like, every, next thing you know, all our phones start buzzing, like, don't get on the plane, don't get on the plane, don't get on the plane. Oh,
0: my God.
2: So, I guess, like, the the promoters in South America had paid 50% up front. Okay. And they were supposed to pay the second 50% for the tour, you know, the, the day of the and they still hadn't paid, so the office went, sorry, duck turn around and come back, so. Oh, my God. We were like, it was, you know, I mean, I've never. It was so funny because we were just all, yeah. You know, then we're all just sort of hanging out in the lounge, right. and, you know, in Atlanta. Going, well, I guess that's that. And we just turned around and went home. Oh you know, I still paid and everything. But it was right. like I was so looking forward to going to South America and having a day off in between to you know to explore and stuff sure. you know, all that. So that's that's one I still want to still want to do. Um, I'm trying to think. Like there is. I mean, you know, there's, there's, I mean, I've been, I've been fortunate. I've been around. I've been to a lot of, a lot of countries um, and a lot for wrestling. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the, the funny thing is now that I feel like in the next, you know, in the next few years, I feel like there's going to be some more opportunities to, to for, for, new countries that have never had wrestling mm-hmm. before to, to start. Just because now with the globalization of everything and media and Sure. you know, there's all these countries now that are, you know, that, that even if it's not on TV there, they're being exposed to it online. And, you know, that's kind of the, the, the situation in Poland. You know, it was kind of how it was there. It was, you know, it's I couldn't I mean, I, I was amazed, you know, to walk out and to get such a strong ovation and to have everybody know my, you know, know who I was and to know my stuff. And they're all wearing, right. you know, T-shirts, wrestling T-shirts. That's and, cool. You know, it's it's a cool feeling, and you think, "Wow, this is you know, it's, it, that's the that's the new world." You know, so right. there's sort of pros and cons of people like to so be people. Obviously, you look at the business, and you go, oh, "You know, there's, there's it's not as popular as it once was uh, domestically." Sure, but at the same time, you know, there, there is there is definitely scope for you know greater visibility internationally that tends to be the ebb and flow of the business when when things when when interest is a little lower uh stateside it tends to be heightened elsewhere and the cool thing about going overseas is like these crowds aren't spoiled they 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 haven't they haven't been to you know twenty shows, and they haven't you know they they, they don't they don't try to be too cool, and they don't try uh, to take over the show. Like sure. they're, they're they're just so happy that there's a show, you know, and they're just they're so enthralled that there's a that, you know that, that they're getting to be part of an event for the first time. So they're they're so enthusiastic and so responsive. So yeah, I. I I can't wait to
0: get back. Well, you brought it up, the popularity thing. I want to touch on this quickly because I always have this discussion with people as well. Like I think it's apples to oranges. Cause obviously back then you talk about competition. There was less stuff on TV. There's more people now. And I find wrestling fans are spending more money now than versus what they used to back in the day. And obviously just the advent of all the promotions popping up and everyone getting paid a good amount of money. Is it really less popular than it was back in so-called the attitude era? Yeah, I, yeah, I think
2: it is. I mean, I, I think it's it's less popular in in the sense that it's it's a it's less of a part of the main. It's less a part of a sort of pop culture.
0: Ah, okay. Like that makes sense.
2: You know, back like when I was in high school, even people who didn't watch wrestling, they knew. Yes. You know, Stone called Steve Austin. They knew The Rock. They knew their catchphrases. They knew DX, and they knew the, you know the NWO, and you know. True. Um. Now I. I dare say that that's probably not the case, you know. And and some of that, I think that, I think that when when people in the industry try to point at the fact that oh well, there's much there's much more competition now, there's many more a lot more things on TV, so I think that's a bit of a cop out. Okay. Like, ultimately, uh, the reality is is that the the market leaders. Uh, the industry as a whole has not been putting out a product that resonates in a way that that connects to people with pop you know in a pop culture sense Mm. they're catering too they're catering too much to the diehard you know sort of nerd culture type fans and that's okay but you know the only thing with that is you kind of put all your eggs in one basket Mm. as a business i always liken it to a pub or a bar that that listens too much to its locals who are always sitting at the bar, you know, and then every time they try to change anything, the locals get upset. No, I don't like it. I like it just the way it is and do it just for us. And, you know, and you sort of go, okay, well, are you going to be here every day? Are you going to keep spending money? Like, you know, is not how we're supposed to grow this thing. If, if, if you're the gatekeepers, you know, and it's, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic. It's, and it's a tough thing to navigate for everyone in the industry.
0: Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Okay, how about this for a place you've never been to? Do you want to be the first wrestler to wrestle in outer space? <laughs> how would that How would that work? I mean, I'd,
2: until I figure out a way to to uh, f- to fix the gravity issue, I think that would be a would be a tall order. Well, that's I mean, true. Sure I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I'm. I'm personally. Uh, I'm certainly. I certainly am. Uh, you know impressed and amazed by the by space exploration and yeah so am I. and all that and i'm sure that it's i'm sure that within my life there'll be major major advances in it yep. but it's not it's not something that i you know that i'm it's not something that kind of captivates my imagination i'm not sitting there thinking oh man one day <laughs> you know i want to go to space like if 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 the opportunity comes great but it's not something that it's you know if someone said okay You know, bucket lists. I don't know if it would be on my bucket list. Not right
0: now. Okay, that's fair. Because before, I I was thinking your way. But then seeing, like, even recently, William Shatner went up and all these so-called billionaires and celebrities are now going, it's like, you know what? He's 90 years old. I'm still in my mid-40s. That's another 40-odd years. A lot of technology could happen. It could land up on my bucket list eventually. I think so.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly confident that I'll probably go to space one day. Like, it's, but I, but it's not, but, but it's like, if if I don't, it's not like I'm going to, you know, yeah. it's not going to be a, a deathbed regret. True.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Okay, well, going back to TNA quickly, who came up with this Magnus character? Because I was always intrigued by this, this gladiator type gimmick, because obviously you were all chiseled and you were nice cut and you look good for TV, but why put you in a gladiator gimmick?
2: Well... I don't know. No one. No No one wants to take blame or okay. credit to it. Depending on how you look at Fair it. Fair enough. Blame. No one wants. No one. No one's ever officially sort of taken the credit for it. Okay. Uh, okay. The, the, I think it's a combination of Vince Russo and Dixie today mm. uh, So, I think what happened with, because for people who don't know, I, I. My my, I was a wrestler. I went full time at eighteen. I mean, I started in the business. I started in the business at seventeen, but by eighteen, I was already wrestling full time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and then my, but my actual, but my sort of break in terms of public profile came from Gladiators, the UK version of American Gladiators. That's right. And like, and that's how that's how I got on TNA's radar. That's how I got on Dixie's radar and all that. And, and uh, you know that story's been told a million times. Mm-hmm. But I think what happened is russo never watched a single thing of you know of mine from gladiators i don't think he knew anything about me sure so i think he thought that i was on like a show more like spartacus
0: you know okay
2: i think he thought (laughs) i was on like a a drama production you know like a show about roman gladiators like i genuinely think that he thought that that's what i was doing
0: oh
2: shit i don't think he understood that i was (laughs) i was i was basically essentially on a sports entertainment program
3: yeah of course
2: like i i stood out on that show because i was the one who was acting like a pro wrestler i was cutting promos and Ah. you know being sort of larger than life and kind of acting like because i was a pro wrestler that's how i got the gig Mm mm-hmm the producers were like we love that you do all this stuff and you can talk and you can do interviews and you know do that like that's how i got the gig in the first place so it could, i couldn't because you know again it's like the irony that i stood out on that show because everybody else on that show all the other guys all the other gladiators on that show were being the sort of stoic serious like oh, i'm a right. gladiator you right. know thing <laughs> and i wasn't being that at all i was being like outrageous and larger than life and you know talking trash to people mm-hmm. like the fact that then when i got to tna they went here here's your here's your leather skirt and your you know helmet and i was just like wait, wait what's like that's not what i do right you know and it was just like well it is now i just couldn't it was just so you know just like you know just an indication of how uh, and we could talk about this all day but you know tna they gave me everything mm-hmm. right like it, it yeah, that you know that I was I was very fortunate to come on board at a time where TNA was really at its peak. Yes, like two thousand nine. You know that was that was you know little did we know at the time, but that was going to be kind of peak TNA in terms of its, you know popularity and business and everything else. But right, right. it was just such a perfect example of how they squandered it because it was like the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing, and you know just, there, was, there was some arrogance in the was some arrogance in the way it was run and produced and stuff. So there was a little bit of sort of, you know, lack of attention to detail at times. But I've, I I mean, I was just glad that I was able to survive that <laughs> awful gimmick.
0: You know, right. I know. Sort of, because, that,
2: you know, that could have been that could have gone a very different way. You know, it doesn't always go that way. Like sometimes someone gets saddled with a character like that and you never hear from them again. Like that, you know, you become one of those. Hey, remember, remember that guy. And luckily, I was able to survive that, and then and then do the British invasion thing with Doug, and, exactly. and that kind of helped get me get me off get me on
0: my way. Well, yeah, that's exactly because I had Doug on the show, and he was saying that, I, and I totally forgot. Because again, going back, it's so many years ago. Now that you think about it. You guys didn't. You barely had a run together, and here I'm thinking these guys had like a five, six year run or something. And he was like, "It was cut so short." And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's right. One it year. was. I know, right? It's
2: really it like a year. Yeah,
0: that's crazy." So, w- would you want it to be longer if you had the chance, or was that perfect? Do you
2: think? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think you know. I look. My my thing when I came to TNA, I came in 09. and by the end of '09, Hogan and Bischoff were coming. Mm-hmm. So then in 2010, here come Hogan and Bischoff, and they change everything, you know. And then it's like, here comes Bruce, and he changes a bunch of stuff, you know. It was just like, yeah, for like three years in a row, pretty much, there was like sort of new people kind of doing everything. And of course, it's like, it's you know, (laughs) that's why that's why that's why people use the term politics because it's very much like new people taking office, they've got to put their own stamp on everything, so they've got to sort of. Forget these, forget these people. Let's, you know, I'm going <laughs> to bring in my people, and I'm going to sort of, you know, and um, I agree with with Jeff Jarrett's sort of take on this, and and I have I have great admiration for Bischoff. I like Eric a lot, and uh, you know, and, and and I consider him a friend, and I, you know, and um, and I I have a lot of time for him. But at the time, uh, I do feel like he, you know, when he when he came into TNA, I feel like the he blew it right away because he, he insulted the audience. Um, he came right in. And when he did the whole thing where he tore up the format and said, yes. uh, we'll give you A for effort, you know, and like, we were trying to be cute and like insider and stuff. And I just felt like the audience, cause I, you know, and the reason I feel qualified to say this is because I was one of the audience, you know, like I was 22 years old at the time. I was a kid. Right. So like I was the guy that they were trying to get. Do you know what I mean? If yep. I wasn't a, like, I was their key audience; they were looking for, and I just thought I just thought it was so JoJo and like just. I was like, we've we've done this for the last ten years. This whole like insider terms and you know, like oh, it's it's a shoot, you know, just all of that just felt just so like dated and just kind of crappy and desperate and uh, and but, but but more importantly, what they did was they told everybody like, hey, all the stuff you like. You know the, the 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 things that are unique to TNA's brand, mm-hmm. the talent, mm-hmm. the AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, yep. You know, the X Division guys and all this different stuff. It's like you basically told the audience, "Like you're stupid for liking that."
0: <laughs> I know, right?
2: You shouldn't like that. Like you're, you know, you should like this. Yeah. And everyone went, "Well, no." You know, be, it's like it would be like if if WWE is McDonald's, yeah. right? And okay. TNA is in and out Burger, sure. It would be like In an Out Burger, like, "Hey, we know that you're you're really loyal to us, and you know, and we know that you love that we do things a certain way, and this is and this is our thing, and like we're different, but you don't want that. <laughs> we're gonna start, we're gonna start doing the Big Mac, oh like with a K, right? You know, like, yeah. And we're like, well, I don't want that. Like, no, if I want that, I can go to McDonald's, you know? No, 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 you don't want that, you know? Like, you know, we're you, we're gonna start giving you McDonald's two It's right. like no. Uh, anyway. So I was a casualty of that because it was like every new guy that came in, I hadn't been in WWE. I was a kid from England. You Mm -hmm. know, where'd he come from? Who, Who knows him? You know, can I like these, these sort of old time, you know, these old guard guys were coming in and they were sort of, well, I can't like, I don't know anyone from WCW or from <laughs> WWF in the nineties who knew, who knows who this kid is. So right. he must be the shits, you know? So it was like kind of that, and that was it. He was just, you know, like never even got a chance. So it was just like, all right, put him on the back burner, you know, let's bring in like Orlando Jordan, you know, like, sure, you know, yeah. whatever. It's like, no offense to Orlando Jordan. I'm just using him as an example, yeah, but no, it's like, I get it. it was kind of like, <laughs> I, I, it, it was very frustrating for me, but at the same time, uh, I learned a lot, you know, because I'm I, because I, I, I sort of developed a, a, a different mentality, and even and I just and I also learned to appreciate the the the, uh, the the spots when I got them, you know, and maximise them. And I and I and even 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 though I was you know horribly used, I was still getting even if it was just on house shows or you know throwaway like explosion matches and stuff, I was still getting a chance to, to wrestle loads of really good talent so i was still learning on the job you know and and so by the time i hit my Mm mid-20s you know and i was tagging with joe and going to japan and you know doing stuff like that like i felt i felt more ready for it and i started sort of getting more comfortable in my own skin and then you know when you really when you really break it down uh it's easy to be entitled as in the punk kid and sort of go. Ah, oh, they should have done more. Me, they should do this, should that. <laughs> but at the same time, I was twenty seven. I won the world title. Right. You know, so I said, I, 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 you know, I kept plugging away and you know, kept punching and punching and punching and you know, to to eventually to go from the you know that awful gimmick, like fast forward five years, like. I'm beating Jeff Hardy in a, you know, in a, in a title match and winning my first world title. Right, you know, n- not too shabby. Uh, it's just, just, just a fascinating, you know. There's so much, there's so much ground to cover with TNA, and I'm glad that Conrad and, you know, with his podcasts and, you know, are starting to sort of unearth a lot of it because. Right. It's, like, <laughs> I, I, it's really fascinating. I, I've been thinking about doing a podcast of my own where we, you know, where it's more like TNA in the trenches. You oh, know, like okay. the, you know, from the perspective of like the guys who were there. Right. You know, in in positions like mine. You know, not not top not like Kurt and you know like the top guys who came in and kind of got like great money and sure and uh, you know were treated well and you know were sort of involved in all the process. But but like from the perspective of like guys like me or you know Crimson and you know the guys like who are sort of like especially for me, I feel like I have quite a unique perspective on it because I came in as a sort of, as a kind of nothing prospect. No, yeah. no, not nothing. You know, that's not fair. Dixie, you know, they, they went all out to, to promote me from the beginning and I was treated very well. Mm-hmm. And I'll never, and I'll never, I'll never forsake. They always paid me on time.
0: Nice.
2: I know there was sort of different controversy, about that kind of thing, but I have never experienced any of that. I was oh, always man. paid on time. I was always well taken care of, you know, hotels, flights, rental cars, all that kind of stuff. But, um, it, you know, I, I'm sort of an interesting perspective on it because I, like I, I went, I, you know, because I worked my way through every kind of position in the company. You know, exactly. to, to, I went from being kind of one of the least significant talents to arguably one of the most significant. You know, obviously, but being a world champion, uh, and I was there through a lot of regime changes. You right. know, so it's kind of like, <laughs>
3: so
2: then, you know, it's interesting. I, you know, I just had an interesting perspective, and I, and again, like, just you know. Uh, I could've I could have found I could have been another guy in the WWE farm system. Yeah. You know, which, you know, who knows? You know, you I know I don't waste any time thinking about like what ifs and hypotheticals and stuff like that. Sure. But I also think, you know, yeah, okay. Uh, guys my age, like Seth Rollins and guys like that and Roman and stuff, you know, obviously they have incredible careers now and, and you know, they're riding high in WWE and
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, they're, they're sort of very firmly entrenched in that organization but at the same time i sort of think i had an interesting you know like they you know (laughs) that at least the the one thing i can sort of look back on is going i got to travel the world i got to experience some like really funky bizarre situations i got to meet some really you know interesting people i got to sit under the learning tree of guys like nash and mick foley and booker t and steiner and you know i got to do things like go to india for rinka king and that's right you know so it's like from a sort of life experience point of view like that you know it's a very rich tapestry that i you know went through in my six years there
0: no most definitely well two more things i just want to touch quickly on 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 your tna career was speaking of gimmicks that ladies man gimmick that you were with when you were teamed up with um with Nigel, right? Like, yeah. did you? Okay, honestly, I, I know it was another gimmick, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I gotta get through this one again." But were you having fun with that? Because you could have gone all out with that and not getting shit, so to speak, right? Um, well, it was
2: it was certainly more fun than than you know than the, than, than being like a you know gladiator <laughs> like in trying to you know trying to pull a gimmick like that off in like 2009. Just felt just like so off the mark, you know, right? Um, It's such a sort of 80s sort of gimmick, you know, anyway. um, I didn't really... I I tried to stay away from it being a ladies' man. Like a sleazy. I feel like that was, again, it's Russo, you know, because that's what Russo saw me as. Like, Russo was convinced that I was this, like womanizing, you know, Lothario, like he was, I mean, we, we would go, you know, anytime I was out, he was just convinced that like women were like falling over themselves to get to me. And he would say this stuff to me and I would go like, Vince, like, 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 what are you talking about? You know, like this, like, that's funny. You you know, he sort of created this sort of gimmick in his own mind (laughs) and then it sort of bled over into what he wanted to do with me on TV. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, at that point I was just kind of like, I'll run with it. Like I can make something out of that. You know, for me, I always looked at it as the one thing I like I, looking back on it. I, it's funny because the British invasion, like you said, we were around for a short period of time, but mm-hmm. people still bring it up. And yeah. me and Doug will still, me and Doug can still like generate quite a bit of interest if we do like one off reunions now wouldn't tag up. Exactly. Um, but it's interesting because at the time the, I, while I was, I really did enjoy doing it at the same time, I was very conscious of the fact that I didn't want to get pigeonholed by my nationality.
3: Ah, like sounds...
2: in my mind, I was always, I was always saying, you know, cause I mean, yeah, when, when I, when I put this into context, like sometimes people on the creative team would come up to me mm-hmm. and they would go, Hey, what's the difference between a Duke and an Earl? <laughs> and I'd be like, we are not doing that. Like, you know, I'm like, you don't, you don't understand anything about like the noble system of you know, yeah, yeah. the royal family, you know, like why are we like every, nobody thinks I'm an Earl or a Duke of anything. Right. Like, stop. <laughs> like, this is stupid. You know, like well, it was 2010, you know, like, you know, exactly. Enough. Um, but I would get that, you know, so, I mean, so it was And you know, and, and I would get these, I would get these scripts, you know, obviously I would just say it my own way, but it would say like, Hey, listen here, bloke. You know, like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give you a right good kicking. You know, and i be like, oh, oh my god, you know, it's like God, it's like Oliver Twist, you know. Right. Uh, oh shit! So it was, you know, so, and, and and there was, I kept sort of putting this point across to Russo, like I don't, right. I don't want to be defined by being British, like like the American wrestlers aren't constantly, you know. Running around screaming USA, you know, it's like some, <laughs> if there's a patriotic gimmick, yeah. But it's like it would be like every Canadian wrestler having to, you know, I mean, and they kind of did that for a little bit too. And yeah. it's just, it's just the thing. Like Russo just had this sort of slightly skewed view on on reality, you know. Right. Where it was sort of like everyone was a cartoon character, like, <laughs> and it was. And I, and I remember sort of pointing to, I remember using examples, of Jason Statham. Okay. He's yeah he's he's yeah he's a badass and he's an actor and he's an action hero and he's you know and he's British but it's like they don't they, they, you know it's he's not wearing a bowler hat you know and <laughs> it's, you know
3: isn't it's, it's,
2: it's sort of, going to sort of redefine the fact that he's British all the time in every movie you know he's just sort of he's just kind of doing his thing
3: oh.
2: and I said I, and you know look at you know if you look at look at Tyson Fury now you know okay. there, there were no Brits. Or well, I mean, other than other than expats, you know, they were, they were, the Brits couldn't travel across to Vegas for the for the third Wilder fight, right? But he was still hugely popular. Mm-hmm. You know, he was still super over. Why? Because he's not defining himself by his Britishness.
0: Thank you. Exactly.
2: You know, he's he's just a he's just a, an amazing character, an amazing you know personality, and ambassador for the sport, and just an amazing, compelling. Human being to mm-hmm. any, you know, just anatomy. transcending boxing, transcending sport. He's just an interesting human being. Yeah. No so kidding. it's like, uh, and I, and, you know, in my mind, I was always like, I want to, if I want to try to reach the, you know, I want to be a top guy here and be the world champion and everything like that, like, I can't just be constantly defined by my Britishness, you know. and <laughs>
0: That's true, but again, like you said, if it, that is the gimmick, then it works. Like even in the MMA world, look what it's done with Conor McGregor with the Irish following that he has. It's like half the country comes and sees him fight, right?
2: Yeah, I think I think that's slightly different because, but there's such a strong Irish population in in America. Okay, that, and I think that I, I do. I understand what you're saying. And, and and it's not like I'm trying to hide away from my Britishness, right, right. you know. No, I celebrate it very openly. Yeah, but it's like there's a difference between you know celebrating it as once you once you have other layers to your character and your personality, like then then it is to just simply be the British guy, you know. And that's kind of you know Connor celebrates his Irish heritage, and you know he celebrates his, his country. And as a result, you know, he's got the whole country behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least he did. I don't know how they feel now. But, yeah,
0: that's true. Uh, We're talking prime Connor. <laughs> but
2: yeah, and, and, but, and, but I think, but again, because of his, because of how compelling he was. Exactly. I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of Connors. you know, this is like, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, th- I wouldn't say he was defined by his nationality. I'd say that it was, he was, he was defined by his persona and, you know, that was, that was a part of it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. That's fair. Okay, and then the, the final thing about TNA. So, uh, like you said, you went through all these gimmick changes. You were up and down the roster, tag team division, this division. Finally, the tournament happens. When did you know you were going to get the title? Did you find out at the beginning, or was it working progress throughout, or how did it all go down?
2: I, I, I didn't know until that day.
0: Oh, shit.
2: Wow. I kind of, well, so, this is a little inside baseball, but, um, so... Scott Demore, who is you know who runs Impact now, right. um, at, at the time was not with was not with the company. He uh, had he represented me on my contract, oh. like he, he was my agent. Okay, um, and then he just randomly showed up one day. like, at these you know TV tapings. and I remember sure. thinking like, "Hey, you know," and then I said, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And he was kind of like. Oh, you know, I just figured I'd come. And I was sort of like, you just figured you'd come from Canada? Like,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> right.
2: You know, and and uh, oh. and then he sort of, you know, and then obviously kind of implied like, oh, you know, I, I like to be there when my guys are, you know, going to do something special. And I kind oh. of went, oh, right. Okay. okay. And then sure enough, you know, I then get the sort of, I then get, I get the, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how this happens for other people. But you know, right? Pulled, it, pulled into the office and, you know, kind of called like, all right, this is your night kind of thing. Like, you know, whatever.
0: And that was, and that, was that. Oh, that's so cool. And then obviously, fast forward, you, you went to the Indies, you had another cup of coffee with TNA, and now you're currently with NWA. How did all that come to be? Because obviously, NWA has been around for the longest time. Everyone knows its roots. But obviously, everyone knows too. It had that merge with TNA, then it fell out for a bit. And now it's back again to its glory days. So how did all this come to be?
2: Well, Billy. Well, Billy Corgan, basically. Okay. Um, so, you know, Billy. Billy bought the bought the rights to
3: the organization. I say bought the company. There was no company. He bought he bought the yeah, rights exactly. to the bought the rights to the you know
0: to the NWA brand and the organization and everything. Okay.
2: And um, I remember seeing I remember seeing it as a you know sort of headline you know wrestling yeah. headline and thinking like ah huh, it's interesting I wonder what he's going to do with it I honestly wasn't even sure because I know that he had been. So he came into TNA right as I was leaving, oh. like right, like, like right at the. I think his first his first day there, sort of in a in some sort of official capacity, mm. was literally my last <laughs> wow. set of things When like, you know my contract was up and I didn't renew it, my I didn't renew my contract. Right. Um, so it was kind of like a, he, you know, he already knew Mickey a little bit. He already had, you know, they 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 were friends from WWE days and stuff. So it was okay. kind of like. So there was, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, you know, it was, it was all fine. And I think he might've even, he might've even been involved in, you know, producing one of my last segments, but it was mm-hmm. very just sort of like, Hey, good to meet you. And, and it, but it was sort of like awkward cause I'm leaving, you know, <laughs> but right. you know, good luck kind of thing. And you know, yeah, so yeah. it was just one of those. So it really had no, no, no real relationship business wise to speak of. Okay. But, um, but then, uh, Dave Lugano went with him when he when he left TNA and all that okay. stuff. And, and you know, Lugano knew I was on the open market uh, and they were just sort of looking basically with, you know, they, they were hatching this plan of what to do with the NWA and that's so then they, then they, they sort of called me and basically sort of said, you know, we, we feel like there's a there's an opening for the wrestling that sort of appeals more to that kind of traditional fan, that more traditional kind of approach, style, and delivery. Yep. Uh, and we feel like you'd be a good, you know, you'd be a good representative of that. And I said, and I, uh, it's funny you mentioned Conor McGregor because it was right around the time that Conor and Floyd were having their boxing match.
0: Gotcha, Yeah.
2: And I basically remember pointing to that uh, and Canelo and Triple G, which was like a month later. Mm-hmm. And showing them the the the, um, the Showtime and HBO, respectively, their video packages and you know build-ups they were doing to All those right. fights, and basically saying, "Why, why is why have boxing and MMA become better at doing sports entertainment than wrestling? Yep. Like wrestling just become so lost in this sort of meta." thing of like no one's you know let's all let's all pay lip service to the idea that it's a real thing but let's all just get lost in people rating each other's performance of a fake fight you know and let's oh my god a dream match between you know this guy and that guy oh my god can you imagine the spots oh my god it'd be so <laughs> epic you know like there was no it was like it was like dancing or something there was a sort of like and it's you know that still exists right but i remember going like i you know a perfect example right
3: mm-hmm.
2: like in boxing there's really four moves right jab cross hook uppercut right you know i know there are variations you know check yeah. hook you know right hand lead you know, whatever right but but at the end of the day there's really four moves right everyone has the same four moves so why is it that you know boxing is still drawing mm-hmm. you know like the, the right boxing match is still drawing like immense money and immense pay per view and worldwide interest. Why because of the personalities? Yeah. Because of the because of the story that is delivered, you know, up until that point and because of the because people want to invest in the struggle and in the in the in the in the in the, in the conflict between two personalities. Yes. And in my mind I was like, there's gotta be more there's a lot you know, wrestling like wrestling isn't about the moves. Like, if you can do cool stuff, like, great. That's fine. But that's not really what it's about. Yep. Like, what wrestling is about is about taking people on a ride. Thank There's you. a place for that. But it shouldn't be... It's not like... You know, I didn't want every match to be just this sort of routine. Mm-hmm. Like, this, you know, this, this incredibly intricate routine of complicated stuff. Like, you're going to lose people like that. Not everybody wants that every single match exactly they're cool just you know it's cool for like one or two and you know if that's a defining part of who you are but it's like this kind of snobbish kind of mentality had taken over the business where it was like oh only the most artistic of wrestlers must be you know must be celebrated like only the ones who do you know japanese moves and mexican moves and (laughs) european moves and you know only people who like you know do all this you know, and it's like, that's all right to the, to the, if, if you like that stuff, great. But it's like, why are we like, why, why does, why does that have to exclude the, the guys who sort of, who, who connect with the audience in a different way? Right. Uh, and so that was kind of my mentality and, you know, we, we kind of put our collective, principles and philosophies together and that's how the 10 pounds of gold series came about and i would argue that we must have done something right because (laughs) within less than a year like i'm headlining all in with cody right you know and kind of stole that show (laughs) like considering that that show was really not supposed to be about a guy like me right that show was supposed to be about, you know, a celebration of all this other stuff, and mm-hmm. then it sort of some somehow along the way. And so, you know, and again, I'm not, and it's, I'm not trying to be combative
3: right.
2: against any particular person or or fan base or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was just kind of for me, it was like that's the ultimate proof of concept that, like, we 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 showed. You know, Cody and I went, well, we're gonna we're gonna do a very traditional kind of traditional values to this build it's going to be very much about like you want what i have and i want what you have and we're going to sell this you know and we're not going to touch each other until that day right you know when we um, you know but when we do it's you know it's it's going to be it's going to be going off um and it's going to be for the oldest championship in existence you know the the oldest most prestigious and obviously there was the link with cody's father and everything like that but it was definitely to me it was like this is exactly what I was talking about a year ago when I was, you know, when I was talking about traditional values, modern delivery system, mm. because we took the traditional values that make sense to everyone that, that, resonates at people on a human level that will never change the same as like I was talking about with boxing. Yep. Like it's always going to come down to like white hat versus black hat, whatever. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, it's too compelling two compelling personas whether they whether it be because they're the two very best or because they're the two biggest personalities or because one's a asshole that you can't stand and the other guy you <laughs> want to see him beat is out whatever whichever combination of those things it is yep. when you get two compelling personas and they're going to converge on one date and one one match one fight one confrontation and you feel like you have to see it you have to see it, it, it you know there and then that's really the essence of what we do. And we pulled it off, but we pulled it off with YouTube. We pulled it right. off with a YouTube guy. I know. So That's there's crazy. the modern delivery system. Do you right. know what I mean? It was yeah. like... Of my, course. My whole, And then, you know, and then fast forwarding to like NWA Power and everything like that. You know, people kind of get, people get lost in this sort of like, oh, you guys are old school. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, I suppose so. But at the same time, I feel like my, my influence on it was always trying to be if Jim Crockett promotions had never gone away
3: Mm -hmm.
2: or if Mid-South had never gone away, what would it, what might it look like today?
0: Makes sense. Yeah.
2: That's kind of, that's pretty much it because it was like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Thank you. Everyone else is so busy trying to fix it (laughs) all the time that it's kind of like they left this big sort of wide open lane of like, what about just the, you know, straight up stuff. So, you know, and I'll say this, what's, what's interesting and mm-hmm. I would never name names here because it's, it'll be unprofessional. Of course. But like the number of really high level pro wrestlers from like WWE, AEW, even an office or something mm-hmm. who over the course of the last few years have reached out to me and be like, man, I love this. I love this stuff that you guys are doing. Nice. Like, I love this stuff. You yeah, know, I yeah. love that. Market. You know, or when, when Mickey was at WWE. Yeah. Exactly. They would go to Mickey and say, Hey, I'm that click. I can't say anything. I can't say it on you know I can't say on Twitter and I can't say it you know and it, and awesome. I'd be getting messages being like, wow, you know, like guys who I idolized and looked up to and they're going like, Man, I would love to wrestle you, you know, like that was such a you know, oh my god, I love that match or this I love the way that that, that video package or whatever. <laughs> so it's like if <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's kind of, it's frustrating in the sense that it's like, man, if we could just, if I could have just got that sort of stuff in front of more eyeballs. I know, right? But at the end of, the, but hey, at the same time, I enjoy it, so it's kind of like, it's, you know, swings and roundabouts.
0: Well, of course. Well, even in my case, like for example, I try and watch everything, but it's almost impossible, right? So you got to pick and choose, and you guys brought me in to watch nwa 73 just on your feud with murdoch alone like that was some classic storytelling like had all that uh, rick flair and dusty vibe to it like you know what i mean and to culminate in the way it did and it was a perfect ending and everything so yeah hats off to you guys man it's what you guys are well, doing like, is crazy again,
2: it's, it's, you know for me wrestling is burgers and fries man <laughs> there you go <laughs> like ultimately like and you know you're, you can you can tell you can tell me better than I can because you're a fan, you know. And, and but it's like I don't feel I feel like deep down wrestling fans don't really want it to be different. <laughs> you know, it's right. like it's the, like the, you know it's it, people they like when people put their own spin on it. Exactly. But, but when but they don't want it to be changed. They don't really want it to be reinvented. You know that it goes back to what I was saying about like that's how I knew that the the, you know the Bischoff stuff at TNA wasn't going to work because Mm -hmm. because because the fans were happy with it, it was growing, like the audience was increasing. It had gone from you know I mean they were doing two million we were doing two million viewers on Spike, you know prime time. I know. Like it's it's funny now because now you if if AEW did that number now they'd be like. You know there'd be there'd be fireworks going on. but it's True. like obviously I know a lot's changed, but I think the main reason like that no one ever sort of acknowledged TNA for that. I think because it was in comparison to what WWE was doing, you know, because WWE was doing five million, mm. you know, but now WWE is doing two million, you know, and right? suddenly it's like suddenly the you know oh lol TNA suddenly doesn't <laughs> seem so lol anymore.
0: I know it's funny yeah. how that works, holiday. Eh? <laughs> yeah,
3: and it's like.
2: It's just funny. You know, well, and it's also, but it's also kind of sad because it just shows the level of influence that like certain people have on the industry in terms of the narrative. Sure. You know, and we we know who we're talking about there and we don't need to mention their names. We don't need to what? give them any more publicity. <laughs> but it's like these people who sort of suddenly decide that they're the gatekeeper, you know, like I'm, I know. My opinion is more important than everyone else. It's like, no, I like, you pet, you know, you probably, you don't know, even, for me, that's the funniest thing is like, some of these people that, that sort of proclaim that their opinion is the most
0: important, and I'm sort of going like, "When was the last time you actually paid for anything?" Uh, I like that.
2: <laughs> when was the last time you bought a pay per view or bought a ticket? Like, sure. You know? That
0: makes sense, so, and uh, you know what? That adds into the equation, believe it or not, because if you're spending I'm money, a, you have a different perspective yeah, of the product.
2: I'm a, well, and as a business owner myself, now I have a very different perspective on it. Let's see. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, if, if I, I, you know, I, I try not to corrupt my social media too much with, with promoting Legacy Sports Nutrition, sure. because I understand that that's not what people are following me for, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I also want to make sure that people are aware Hey, I'm an entrepreneur and I have, a, you know, I, I, and I have a family to support. Of course. Like, this is my business. If you feel like if, you, if you're in, if you're in the market for some of that stuff, like ours is really good. Uh, but, you know, every now and then I'm out and it's like, there might be some troll and I go, I'm not getting that. I'm like, all okay, cool. right. <laughs> like, I don't have any more time for you than that. You know, exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to, but I'm going to respond to any email from a customer who says, Hey, I bought this stuff. Like when, What? when's the best time to take the test booster or like, mm. you know, like what, you know, should I, you know, should I, should I stack this with that? Or sure. Hey, you know, like when's the, you know, what, what, what other supplements should I combine this with? You know, I'm going to take the time to respond to every single one of those because they're paying Cause they're you. my customers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it, I, I, I've always just tried to look at the business from an entrepreneurial point of view Mm -hmm. um you know people ask me you know why didn't you go here or why didn't you do this sure well because i get i i am paid i'm paid well now Mm -hmm. i could could i make more probably but but i get paid well and i have a, a very good quality of life and i have a very good and i have a lot of time there you go you know to dedicate to my business, you know, which is now, which is now, you know, firing on all cylinders and, and, and growing, and I'm really looking to try to, you know, to try level up, uh, and I and and my body is holding up, <laughs> and my sanity, you know, and that's, I've been that's able to expand my skill set mm-hmm. into, you know, producing and editing and directing and you know things like that. So there's 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 you know there are there are there are other values besides monetary mm-hmm. but think, for me yeah. they all kind of feed back into how i look at the business which is as a business
0: yeah exactly and that's why they call it the business right <laughs> okay well you touched on it your, your side stuff that you do you're also involved with nazir suits you have you have your own suit line how did all that come to be like so
2: the, the suit line i mean you know it, it's it, it's it's pretty straightforward after the after the the success of the first season of NWA Power, mm-hmm. um, I just I you know I randomly got a message on Instagram one day from from a guy called the Admire and he's in Miami and he said I'm a I'm a tailor I I do custom made suits and I'm you know this and that and he goes I I, I recognized one of the fabrics that you use. Oh, he's like one of that's one of the fabrics that I use, you okay. know. And it was this a red, i have like a red plaid uh, suit jacket. It's one of my favorites. Sure, um, I actually got it tailored in like Vietnam, I think, or India or something like that. But, uh, okay, okay. It was, but he 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 just reached out and was like, "Man, I someone someone sent me this, uh, and I saw." And he was like, "I really love the combination. Like what you did with this. Like I, you know, he's like you wore it with a." black like you wore it with like a black vest and black pants and like this and he's like it was really he's like you know he was complimenting me on my choices right. you know like that was really good like combination you really and he was like i would love to make you a suit and i was just like go for it you know? <laughs> right i'd be happy to let you do that you know <laughs> uh, and he did and it was That's just awesome. like it was just awesome and it was just so i mean it was perfect you know, and and I I was blown away that a guy could do it for me without meeting me in person. Like oh. could, you know, he just did all the did all the measurements. He sent me how to take all the measurements sure. and then, like all these instructions. Um, That's cool. And I was, I was you know, I was a little skeptical. Of course. So I was a bit like, how is this going to work? Right. Like, is it you know, is it going to come? And it's is it? Because um, he had said, look, if it's if it's not perfect, just send it back and I'll make the alterations and you know whatever. And like, I mean, this thing just like fell on. I mean, wow. it was just so, it was perfect, you know? And I just,
1: cool.
2: and I was just like, man, this guy is the real deal. He's a real bro. Uh, and right away, it was like bands and wrestlers were going, dude, where do you get
3: this?
2: <laughs> where do you get this? Um, and then, you know, we've we've had a great relationship ever since because I was I would promote him and tell Not him, sure. hey, this is where you got to go. Yeah, yeah, this is the guy. That's cool. And then he came around and went, you know. You, you're popular and, and people are coming to the people are coming to me because of your stuff. It's like, why don't you have your own line? Mm. And that's yeah. really, you know, that's really it. It was just right. just happened like that. Um, so I picked all the fabrics, you know. He, he sort of um, we collaborated on the you know the combinations and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, th- those are all just sort of my choices, like my favorite choices. So that's and they're available at uh, nazia.suits.com.
0: That's cool. And then, as far as the future holds, anything else you want to So, you have Legacy Sports Nutrition, Nazir Suits. Anything else you want to touch? You want to get into food or you want to get into other sort of entertainment, even beyond like more acting? Uh, no, acting, I'm not sure
2: about. It's not, it's not, it's, not, it's never been something that I, I don't, I hate auditions. I can't do it.
0: Gotcha. You know, okay.
2: I guess, like, I like the idea of doing some acting. I like the idea of being in, being in some stuff like that. Cause I feel like I'd be quite good at, in the right role,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but I'm just terrible at auditions. Just awful. Uh, like I can't, if, if, you know, when there's no audience uh, and it's just like a, a cold, empty room with like some, you know, moody person standing behind the camera. Like, yeah. I just can't, I can't get there. I'm not classically trained. I can't okay. get up to that. You know what I Makes mean? Makes sense. Um, it's hard, but, um, I love I love producing I love editing okay. you know like uh, so I've, I've done more video production stuff mm-hmm. um, and I'd be sort of open to doing that for other things outside of wrestling nice okay um, but the I mean obviously not you know on an entrepreneurial level like yeah there are other things I'm looking into like I'm looking into um, like cosmetics like men's you know men's uh, cosmetic products like you know men's um, face care and stuff sure. like that. And, uh, yeah. And, and I've, I've invested in other, I am i you know, I'm a silent partner in some other ventures. I okay. helped fund actually someone else in the business there. I won't I'll say who, but I'm, mm-hmm. you know, a friend of mine who's in the business, I, I helped bankroll their business, which is now doing really well. So it's like, I, you know, so I get a nice little dividend check from that. Nice. <laughs> and, um, it's still, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm always open to that stuff
0: that's cool that's cool well thank you nick i don't want to take much more of your time up but plug your shit anything else you want to promote and obviously legacy sports nutrition
2: so i I, i've been i've been into i've been taking supplements for 20 years more than probably yeah like yeah 20 years more than 20 years okay i started lifting weights when i was like 12 wow so i've always been fascinated with you know, with supplementation and uh, improving your performance, improving your body, mm-hmm. improving your health and well-being. Uh, so, uh, last year when I finally had some downtime because of lockdown and everything, I I was able to to launch Legacy Sports Nutrition, uh, and we, uh, we all our stuff is made in Georgia. It's made in a um, it's made in an FDA inspected facility. Everything is GMP certified. Everything is. You know everything is top quality and inspected by third-party lab tests. And uh, we've got 20 products now. We've got um, oh. testosterone boosters, sleep aids. Uh, we've got a women's line that Mickey has headed up, um, which is you know which has got some really really unique products that are that, that are specifically designed to 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 work with a, a woman's body. Because they have you know women have different sort of nutritional needs and different of biological course. processes and. Uh, and we have everything, but we have collagen, we have, um, we have stuff that you can take to help kind of neutralize the negative effects of carbs. Mm. Uh, so you know, so you don't have to be, you ain't going to be like a super serious trainer. You, know, you ain't going to be someone who's super into bodybuilding and training every day and all this kind of stuff. The Sleep Aid is, our, is one of our best sellers, the Sleep Aid and the Test Booster. I mean, I've had guys reach out to me who said, I've been taking the Test Stack. Okay. For two weeks, and I can't believe it. Like I feel, I feel like brand new. Oh, you know, go, and you know, typically guys in their sort of mid to sort of mid forties, and I sure, go, like, sure. "Oh my god, I feel like a brand new person. Okay. I feel like I'm sleeping better. I've got more energy. I feel like, you know, I've got more strength. I've got more like, get up and go."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and we just launched a CBD line. Oh, so beautiful! We're now getting into CBD, and okay, because I I kind of I believe that CBD is more of a supplement than a sort of niche product. I feel like a lot of people could be benefiting from the, from the daily use of CBD, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of like reducing inflammation, helping yes. them relax, helping them sleep. So it's all available uh, at legacy So L E G A C Y S U P P S.com. Um, we're going to set you up with a, with a promo code, but, uh, you can get 20% off your first order if you sign up for emails. And um, we're not oh, we're not bombarding God. you with emails every day. It's not going <laughs> to be like spam. It's not mania, Right. Right. It's just it's literally we're going to email when we have a new product or if we have some kind of special offer. We're not emailing you with like please buy this, please buy this, please buy this. We we email I mean we, we we probably email maybe once or twice a month. And it's usually with a code and it's usually, or it's usually with some sort of like free gift or something. Um, like we're we're getting ready to. Uh, I just got a shipment of um, waterproof Bluetooth speakers, which are mm. going to be a, going to be going to be a giveaway for, for certain customers. Stuff coming up in the next wave of promos and stuff like that. So, oh, uh, and and for the most part, uh, most of the time, if you reach out to info at subs dot com, like I will get back to you. Like, it will be me personally responding. Sometimes sometimes it might be someone else from the team, but it's most of the time it's going to be me. Um, so, you know, and I, I personally use all the products. Mickey uses the, the Her Legacy stuff. All of my friends, a buddy of mine, I live in Tennessee, mm-hmm. a buddy of mine called me the other day and said, hey, well, this is a weird request, but do you have any more, do you have any recovery PM at the house, which is our sleep aid? Right. And I said, "Well, I think I have. I think I have a couple of bottles. You know, I keep inventory here at the house. You know, <laughs> right. I usually try to keep some for like promotional purposes. You know, to send to prospective clients or responses or whatever."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And he was like, "Man, I've run out, and uh, the gym's run out because the the gym here sells it. And it's okay. like I've run out, and the gym's sold out of it." I got, I need some more, man. Like, I really, I, I just, I, I love it. I really need to help, it really need to help me sleep. And, you know, and I was, like, can I come by and get some? And I was like, sure, you know. But I was like, I'm just glad that it's, you know, that it's become that much of his daily routine. But, um, that's cool. You know, there's real world testimonials, you know, like, uh, like, uh, I, I use the stuff myself, like, legit. Right. Because I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't peddle stuff like that. Uh, if I, you know, if I didn't, if I didn't believe in it myself,
0: most definitely. And anything to promote on the socials,
2: you can follow me on Twitter at Real Aldis, uh, or on Instagram at Nick Aldis. Uh, I'm I'm verified on both, so just look for the look for the blue tick and
0: perfect and for myself you can find me on instagram and twitter under finger styles you can follow the podcast on twitter the podcast dap email us your thoughts suggestions comments anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast at gmail.com please rewind to the top of the show support those fine sponsors because it helps them almost definitely helps me out and yes starting next week you'll be hearing ads for nick's supplement company obviously Le- legacy sports nutrition so please support them in the future one last thing my friend I always ask this because, again, I have a Portuguese background. I lived in Portugal. I came over. I know there's a lot of differences between Europe and North America. What do you miss most about living in, in the states that you can't get from the UK?
2: Real fish and chips.
0: Really, it's that much of a difference.
2: Oh my god, it's not even. It, no, it's not even. It's whatever. It, whatever it is, they try to do here, it's not fish and <laughs>
3: chips. <laughs> okay. Like, it's not even. I,
2: and and I'm and I'm not. Trying to disparage the Americans,
3: sure. Because
2: every, because like Mickey, every Ameri- every American friend of mine, every time we we go to the UK, they right. have real fish and chips from a real chip shop, okay. and they and they all just go, "Oh my god!" Like, okay, I can't wait. What then. is this? You know, like I don't, the, 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 you know, in America you get these little flimsy pieces of fish in this crappy sort of frozen batter, you know, and it's like. Like a, like a big fish stick, you know, big fish finger. That's that that ain't it. Okay, okay. It's got to be a big, big piece of card or haddock. It's got to be in the in the, ideally in beer batter, and it's got to be, you know, flash deep fried in really hot in the big industrial fryers. You know, it's got to be, and it's got to come out like hot and fresh and crunchy and wrapped in paper. There you go. Like wrapped in proper chip paper.
0: Oh, man. Uh, and now it makes me want so, to go to the UK even more.
2: <laughs> that's, and, and trust me, I really miss it at the moment because I haven't been back for, you know, the best part of two years now because oh, of COVID. Wow. Right. So, Shit. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Well, on that note, he's Nick. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace.